Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello and welcome to this week's edition of the Best of the Breakfast Show podcast with Sky from Virgin Radio. I'm Gabby Roslin. And I'm Sam Pinkham and we're sitting in for Chris this week with lots of great guests coming up. The always awesome Alicia Dixon takes us through her brilliant new kids book all about sisterhood. Girls Rule. Busted's very own Matt Willis twists and turns in the studio ahead of his role as Dr. Pomata in the upcoming UK tour of Waitress the Musical. The utterly fabulous Joe Lysett dishes the dirt on the third series of his consumer rights smash hit show, Joe Lysett's Got Your Back. An actor and comedian Miles Jupp leafs thoughtfully through his unmissable new novel, History. So without further ado, let's get on with it. To ignore Mystique was a mistake and to write off her writing would be a disaster. Our next guest is always worth your attention. Her new book, Girls Rule, is out this Thursday and here to flick through its pages is the lady behind a powerful story that'll be right up your Downing Street. It's the brilliant Alicia Dixon. That's a nice intro. There we go. Good morning, gorgeous girl. Morning, how are you? Yeah, we're really well, thank you. How are you? Congratulations (laughs) on the book. Oh, thank you very much. Alicia Gabb said, she said, the last time I saw Alicia, I just stroked her face for the yeah, whole interview. Did. Was that a, did. Was it a bit weird? Was, was it a bit weird? Was it a bit weird or was it okay? No, I loved it. <laughs> How were you so close? You just stroked her we face. Were, we were doing the lottery show together and I just kept stroking yes. her face because she's very beautiful, was, very lovely and she's got amazing skin. And she's just a nice before person. Before social distancing, distancing yeah. Before those it? days, yeah. So, but because you yeah. don't stroke mine, I presume you don't think my face is as beautiful. No, as social hers. distancing. I'm <laughs> oh, glad that's that what close. it is. Ah. <laughs> Alicia, listen, I lo- I love the book. I, do you know what? Oh, thank you. So I, I'll, I'll overshare here. I, I'm dyslexic. My my daughter Evie is dyslexic. We didn't know I was dyslexic until we found out that she was, and then they said, "Well, you probably are right. as well." And, and I wonder why I struggle with with uh, with reading. And I sat down to read your book yesterday, and I flew through. For me, flew through five chapters. Oh. Because oh, wow. it's, it's a fantastic. wonderful and easy and lovely book to read. But for those who don't know, can you tell us Pearl's story? Oh, I love that you read it last night. That yeah. makes me so happy. Oh. Um, well, basically, the story is about two young girls, Pearl and Izzy, who uh, end up living together because their parents, who were childhood sweethearts, fall in love. But this all happens at 10 Downing Street because Pearl's mummy, Patrice, becomes the UK's first black female prime minister. So I thought it'd be really, really cool to have something historical in the book and inspiring, but something really relatable that most people can understand, blended families, dysfunctional families, and how you navigate through that. And basically, the girls are unhappy about their parents being together. They try and do everything to sabotage uh, their relationship, which could potentially cost Patrice her um, spot at the at Downing Street. But eventually, the girls work together and they realise that their parents are better together. It's a really lovely story and my 14-year-old uh, read it yesterday afternoon, yesterday evening. She read the whole thing and she wanted me oh, wow. to say, she said she said she felt it was for 10 to 14-year-olds and she, what, the words yes. that she used, which I, I think you'll like, she said, oh, you know what, it's a really cool book. It's one of those books you want to hand around to your friends. 
Oh, that's so nice. I'll tell her thank you so much. That's really cool. And she just loved the idea of there being a a black female prime minister. She said that was the coolest bit. And then learning about number 10. Yeah, well, I it, love that. It's an it's an interesting angle on writing the book. So how do you come up with the angle? Because does it you're you're a parent? Does it come from you being proud of yours, or you wanting your kids to be proud of you? I think it's a combination of of both. So I always want to write a story that feels inspiring, that people can visualise something that's not happened in in the world so far, and you know, therefore, a, a black female prime minister would be something new and incredible and historical. But then also, just as I said, really relatable. You know, I grew up in a very dysfunctional. family family I've had stepbrothers and sisters and you know you become a family and you have to make it work and the dynamics of that I think so many of us can relate to so yeah I like my girls to read things that feel inspiring and characters that are strong that can help them visualize things for their own future as well and it's an interesting thing you're going for prime minister because you're not writing about a, a, a daughter whose whose parent mum is a pop star or, or an author no. or an actor you've gone you've gone prime minister Gone Prime Minister, I mean, why not? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, no, I love, no, I love. Fabulous. But I see, I think, yeah. the, the thing is, my kids talk about Boris, for example, way more than we, than I would have spoken about <laughs> our, our Prime Minister. I think kids do right. know more about politics or have a, have a basic grasp of politics more than we did when we were kids. Absolutely. And I think the younger generation, you know, they are inspiring and the world is so much more transparent now and nobody can get away with anything and we're all having these open conversations and the younger generation, I think they're more advanced and mature than we were, you know, when we were, te- you know, you know, early teens. And that's that's fantastic to see. And they are the future. So we've got to show them what is possible. Now, talking of your daughters, your baby girl is, is she going to be two on Friday? She'll be two on Friday. Oh. Yes. yes, I know. I can't believe it. So what are you going to be doing <laughs> for her birthday? Uh, we'll probably just have like a little low key thing in the garden. And uh, I mean, she doesn't really know what's going on. <laughs> she knows the song "Happy Birthday." Whether she re- realizes it's her birthday, I don't know. Um, but we're going to have a, a lovely panda cake because she's obsessed with pandas, and also a bit obsessed with Minnie Mouse. So there'll be a few Minnie Mouse presents along the way as well. Oh, but no, I can't wait. Um, Alicia, is there a secret part of you that wants to be prime minister? No, absolutely not. Did you see that? This is exactly. We were chatting about this absolutely on holiday. Not. I wouldn't be prime minister before all the no, money no, in the I world. Actually, I know that, that, you know, I know people in politics get such a hard time. There's so much responsibility there. But I really respect anybody that goes for that job because it must be the toughest job. That and working, you know, as a nurse or a doctor, take my hat off to those professions but now I'm quite happy in the entertainment industry thanks. well I'm I'm very 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 much looking forward to going home and putting this book in in my uh, 12 year old daughter Evie's hands because I know she'll love it oh, I she know will. she'll love it she, she really, really will, will. it's called Girls Rule it's out this Thursday the 19th of August and it's by Alicia Dixon and what an absolute you can pre-order show. it now actually oh you can oh you can pre-order it now there we go <laughs> yeah, pre- apparently I've heard from Alicia there. herself Get you can pre-order it now <laughs> and apparently the reason that Alicia is uh, calling in from home and not in the studio is because last time it was a bit weird when you were stroking her face that's, that's just <laughs> It's just just what I heard. She has the best giggle. <laughs> bye, Alicia. Thank take care. You. Bye. Bye, mate. The best of the Chris Evans Breakfast Show with Sky. Virgin Radio. He sold millions of albums, toured the world and has nothing left to prove, but that doesn't stop him proving it. He's starring in the UK tour of Waitress the Musical. So listen up because he's been to the year 3000 and quite frankly, you haven't. It's the marvellous Matt Willis. <laughs> Hello. Hi, morning. What an oh. intro. Morning, Matt. Uh, I'm glad you, glad you got the email about specs and we should all wear the same specs. I did, I did. Yeah. 
same glasses. All, all in, all in yes, form. Yes, yes. yes. How are you, mate? Yeah. yeah, I'm really good, man. I'm really good. How are you? Welcome to Virgin Radio. You're very zen, because Gabby said he's, he's like a, like oh, a ball he's, of he's energy when so he bounces. He's so much energy. In. So much energy. But then yeah. you came in, you were like, it's like you've just done some yoga or meditation outside. <laughs> <laughs> no, this morning, not, 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 not just now, but yeah. Yeah, I'm good. It's very energy. Yeah. Trying to control myself a little bit these days. <laughs> yeah. But know. also, but you've got so much energy when you're on stage. So I've seen you in, we were just sitting here being so sure. Oh, yeah, I remember seeing you in Wicked. Oh, yeah, that was you. Uh, the last thing I saw you in was Little Shop of Horrors. Yeah. That was fantastic. That was the, the most there. fun I've ever had in my life. Really? Like, Regent's Even Park. more busted. Well, it's a very different beast. Like, it's a very different... People ask me that all the time. Like, what do you prefer, busted or... I didn't ask it. Or, or acting. <laughs> but um, it's, I, I feel they're completely different. I'm very lucky to do both. But from an acting point of view, Little Shop was the most amazing fun I've ever had. Like, something about Regent's Park Open Air Theatre is just incredible anyway. And, um, and I love that show. Like, I remember watching, you know, Steve Martin be the dentist and kind of always wanted to play that role. And then when it came up, I was like, please see me for this. You know, so and they did, um, and you got the. I thought, uh, forgive me for. I don't know. You played. You played. You played. I played the dentist. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. It, was a, it was an absolute dream role. It's brilliant. I love that song. I love everything about the role. They also great. had a, um, a a drag queen be the plant. Uh, it well, it yeah. was just. It was a wonderful show. And Matt, you were buzzing. I mean, yeah. I've really buzzing. That's what I mean about the energy. And now you're going. You're doing it again. Another musical, waitress. Another show that people are obsessed with, and they go and see it. There's isn't there a woman who's seen it? Something like. 500 times yeah an obscene amount of times yeah I mean it's, it's something you know the more I read that script the more I kind of get out of it so I can kind of see why people would want to see it over and over again um, I love it I went to see it in the West End and I was kind of blown away and um, and then the opportunity came up to audition and I was like come on let's do it so you still oh you had to audition Oh yeah, yeah. I'm, a, I'm an actor. That's what I do. Okay, so <laughs> what, do you, okay, what piece yeah. did you use for your audition, or do you? Have oh to no, I went straight in with that. the material, okay. um, and uh, and I did. Well, well, I was doing a show with Lucy Jones, who plays Jenna in the show, and me and her were doing a Christmas Carol in the Dominion um, just before Christmas, and she said that they were about to take it on tour. I was like, oh, I've always wanted to play that role. She was like, well, come in. So I came in about two days later and sung what I knew, and then I came back for finals and did it with her. So, oh, um, which was amazing. It was so great. She's um, absolutely breathtaking as well. She's amazing. Yeah, she is. One- but so are you. Come on, come on. But you're going on tour. Yeah. You're going yeah. everywhere. Yeah, much to my family's dismay. <laughs> but I am. <laughs> yeah, it was, um, to us, it was third lockdown and that it came through and I was like, yes, yes sign me up. Yeah. How long? <laughs> how long? Yep, sign me up. You know, and then uh, suddenly it's dawning on me how long I'm going to be away from Holiday home. in. I'm in. Exactly. I'm in. Sign, sign, me me sign me up. But it's, um, it's actually really nice because we're away for a few weeks and I'm, I'm coming back every weekend after the show on a Saturday night. I'll drive home wherever I am and then I'll have all day Sunday. And some days we don't open till a Tuesday, so I've got Monday at home too. God, so it's tough, um, mate. Two days with the family. It's tough. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I guess I've got to be present for those two days. Yeah, yeah. But um, no, I'm really looking forward to it. It's going to be really great. We've got loads of time off. We've got five weeks off of Christmas. So we're, uh, everyone's kind of dealing with it's it quite well. It's going on forever, this tour as well. Well, listen, yeah. I, I, it's going to be fantastic. But I'm slightly worried about something. What's that? Where are you going to be for the superhero training? Oh, oh with Trixie. Oh, yeah. Trixie's <laughs> training to be a superhero. Your daughter. She is. She's five and she's absolutely obsessed. Like literally every day when she came back from school, she, we've got like this, um, we've got like a gymnastics bar now in our living room. Yeah. Believe it or as not. You have. Like, as, as, as we, as we, we have yeah, like one you? of these, yeah. well, one of these like bars just so she can do like hanging stunts and kind of like training and stuff like that for it. She's, um, I was stroking her hand the other night 
And I was like, Emma was like, there's a lump on her hand, there's a lump on her hand. And I went on her hand and she's got a callus. <laughs> from the gymnastics. From, from the gymnastics bar. Yeah. She's five. Yeah, she's, she's obsessed. Five. Like, she can hang upside down, she puts her legs in the air. Like, she looks incredible. <laughs> but she's absolutely obsessed with superheroes. So, which superhero one. would she like to be? Um, she loves all of them. She loves Thor. She loves um, uh, She loves Wonder Woman at the moment. She's a bit obsessed with her. She's got, like, a little outfit. And Wonder Woman's so great. Have you seen the latest Wonder Woman yeah. film? It's, oh, it's brilliant. It? Yeah, so really great. Yeah, so yeah, great. Yeah, really so she loves them all. She loves them all. And so you've got three kids. Yep. 12, 12, and five. Nine, nine and five. five. Okay. Do you play them busted songs in the car? Um, we've been through that period. Um, <laughs> yeah, like, uh, yeah, <laughs> like, um, yeah, they had to listen to that for a little while, but then, um, but then they started to come to shows and uh, to be honest, they got a bit bored of it, you know, so they're kind of like, they're a bit over dad right. being in a band now. Right. Yeah. I think I'll just read it at home all the time with you <laughs> yeah. in, in the exactly. car. Let's have some more busted. Yeah. They must be so super proud of you and Emma as well, because you became vaccinators, didn't you? During yeah. The- yeah. We worked for St. John Ambulance, which was, um, which was, you know, great. Like I was, like I said, you know, being most about 90% of what I do is in front of a crowd so I've been very quiet for the last kind of year and a half and um and it really gave me something to do and something to focus on I felt like I was kind of part of something big and it was um it was a really amazing experience I advise anyone that's got some time on their hands to kind of volunteer it's, a, yeah. it's an incredible process uh, buddy what an absolute pleasure so Waitress the musical is in UK and Ireland uh, the tour begins on Saturday the 4th of September so that is true to just two weeks on Saturday you ready yeah man you ready got your lines absolutely not <laughs> I will be I will be you you'll be brilliant <laughs> Tickets at waitressthemusical.co.uk. What a pleasure. Yeah. yeah, we'll have a great tour. Send our love to everybody there. Thank break you. Your Thanks for having door, me. But don't break your leg from the triathlon. I won't. I okay, won't. I'll see you good. there. Yeah, just to know, that's more important you than waitress. You and Sam okay. Okay. in Newcastle. If you're not there for the triathlon, then I'll be furious with you, buddy. Okay, I will. <laughs> Stage performance <laughs> is important, but we're in now. We're love in a team to Emma. We're a team. All right, mate, take care of yourself. What Thanks an absolute so pleasure. Matt Willis! The best of the Chris Evans Breakfast Show with Sky. Virgin Radio. Here's the sassy stitching that holds the great British sewing bee together. And now he's back to right some consumer right wrongs. The new series of Joe Lysett's Got Your Back starts tonight, 8pm on Channel 4. So please welcome the millennial answer to Esther Ranson. It's the magnificent <laughs> Joe Lysett. <laughs> oh, good morning. Good morning, how's your, how's lovely. Your, he had a problem with his microphone there, were you? Yes, I went flaccid. My microphone went flaccid. It can happen. It's it getting happen. in close. Absolute nightmare. Is that all right? That's it's very, perfect. very good. Welcome. I like my voice on the radio because it's sort of... You've uh, done lots of radio. What do you mean? But what You've happens is my voice in real life doesn't feel that sort of deep and then there's something that radio does it goes through a machine compresses doesn't it? it compresses, compresses it, it. Yeah, it does. and I always feel like Whoa. so when you listen to yourself back on yeah. all the other radio shows that you, you've done yeah. millions of radio shows do you think oh yeah, manly oh, god I wish I sounded like that in real life <laughs> um, there's so much that we want to talk to you about but listen let's get let's just talk about as we were as we know it's on the front page of all the papers it's heartbreaking news about Sean Locke yeah. you of course worked with Sean loads yeah. lovely Funny, funny man. Such heartbreaking news yesterday. I mean, yeah, it's a real loss to uh, obviously our industry and to um, to, to the whole country because he. I mean, you can see with the outpouring of grief from across the board how beloved he was, and he had that sort of skill and that ability to sort of speak to everyone, and that is so rare actually because a lot of comics. Um, have their sort of niche I suppose and there was something about Sean that just sort of punctured through to everyone everyone loved him and all the clips that are going around oh they're wonderful they're just so brilliant so I'm I'm really devastated about it and, and it sort of caught me off guard because I knew he wasn't well and I knew that it was you know 
probably going to happen at some point. But um, I was really, I was really upset yesterday. I'm still upset now, but I ju- it just, yeah, it, it's it's a real, um, it's a real blow. Yeah, and I love to his his family as well mm. today. But how wonderful that everybody's celebrating his life. Yeah, absolutely. What a thing. And, and he shared laughter. And also, so what much a lovely laughter. thing you've just said about him. That was a really lovely speech you just made him about. Was... I'm, I'm amazed I managed it. I've had four hours sleep. I was doing karaoke at 3 a.m. <laughs> what were you singing? I, I did. Lo- so I do "Lose Yourself" by Eminem. Okay, um, amazing. Why did I not that's... think you were going to go there? I really had every other cliche, but not. M- I didn't think Eminem. No. Well. um... I only know the last verse. <laughs> okay. And so the first two verses, I have to use the screen. So people go, oh, he's just, you know, just put it on for a laugh. And then I go off grid on the third verse. You go off no grid! No more games, I'm a change where you'd go rage! And then just, like, jumping around the room. And everyone loses their mind, because like, Joe actually knows this. At three o'clock in the morning you were yeah. doing this. Where were you? Where, yeah. were, you? where, were, you? where were you? I was in one of those pod things in Soho. Brilliant. We recorded our last show last night, basically. So we had like a sort of mini rap party Brilliant. where we went and did. Yeah, oh, it was I very love nice. I but had a so your time. your show is that up to date then? So you've only just filmed it? Uh, yes, but it, this will be later in the series. So yeah, the one that goes out tonight was filmed a few weeks ago. Well, let's talk. Let's talk about the show because I, it was the first time I'd seen it. I saw it yesterday, and I. Do you know? Because I was saying to Gabs when I came in this morning, because you it's laugh out loud funny, but I, I learned so much as well, Joe. Oh. I feel like you've educated me. Oh well, you're so welcome. Well, in the plastic, the plastic bottle things, I had no idea. I knew that plastic bottles could be recycled, but I didn't know you can't recycle white ones or coloured ones. Only the see-through ones. That's the your ones. whole thing on Steph Pack lunch as yeah, well. Yes. Yeah. Well, that's not entirely true. You can recycle white and coloured PET plastic, but we don't do it in the UK so often it gets shipped off to different countries well it has to be shipped to different countries and then who knows what happens there they say they recycle it but often it's not whereas clear uh, PET plastic we have loads of recycling plants here we do it all the time and it's interesting because I said to the guy who's this expert at this factory that we went to and I was like surely we should just get rid of all plastic right it's all bad and he's he was more nuanced about it he sort of said that actually if you put everything in glass really heavy you actually end up with loads more emissions so it's not as simple as just banning the whole thing and if you do recycle clear plastic it can just keep being recycled and that's what we should be doing so yeah we um I stormed off a chat show in order yes, to make you that did. point. Yes, you did. I loved <laughs> it. And that was very effective. Well, weirdly, yeah, because now Yop. So it's the, 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 the brand we were going for, because a lot of the yoghurt drinks have already changed, but Yop, for whatever reason, were just digging their heels in. Um, so it was Yop that we were going for. And, and yeah. I love that you, you, you don't mind, you've, you've actually said, there's a wonderful quote that says, you don't mind if you're arrested for this show. No, I'd love it. I think kind of anything to sort of uh, be annoying and being ir- irritating would be great. Yeah, but if it ends up with results, it's, 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 it's worth doing. Exactly. So you're a bit like Watchdog, with, but with humour. Humour. Exactly that. So Watchdog yeah. and Ru- uh, RuPaul's Drag Race, you say, you're a yeah, mixture yeah. of. Well, we've got loads of uh, the, the um, drag queens from... Fabulous. From actual Drag Race on this series. Tia Coffee's on tonight's episode doing a Yop mega mix. Oh, my God. Oh, you can hear Yop. Tia Coffee on yeah. Virgin Radio Me. Pride. You can. Oh, you yeah. can. There you it all go. ties in. Love Tia Coffee. Uh, we've also got Ginny Lemon. So, yes, it is... It's a camp old show. I mean, I'm hosting it, so it's not going to be the straightest of programmes. <laughs> it's very, it's... But you love what you do, because on Sewing Bee as well, you just look like you are having a... I, I, I remember I took part in a one Sewing Bee um, for a charity one. Oh, did you? It was I, just the most fun. I mean, it, we did um, some celeb ones last year, and all the celebs loved it and felt really inspired by it. It's just such a lovely programme, that. Joe Lice has got your back. Series 3 starts tonight, 8pm, 
Channel 4. Mate, what an absolute pleasure to come on Thank show. you for having me. Thank it's you, lovely so Joe. It's nice to be here. What a fancy studio. It's lovely. We did it. Gabby and I interior designed this. Well, we came I up think, with it. think get... it might be something to do with Chris Evans, yeah. but then... Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we wrote his name all over it, yeah, but we yeah. are we Why do you have to say the Chris Evans show when he's not here? Because it is, it is the show. Chris Evans show with Sky. Where's Chris Evans? It. It's, it's, I can't see Chris Evans. He's on holiday. It's not his show. <laughs> he's on holiday. He's listening. It's going to be a Sam show, actually. I think you'll find. <laughs> Let's get all this branding down. Thank you. <laughs> he's always working, isn't he? Next series have yeah. got your back. I'm going to go for Chris Evans and get his branding up all this. <laughs> Come on. Episode one. God bless you. Well, we I've got your back. To, we want karaoke now. It's a bit of Super Trooper. Da, 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 da. That's fine. Thank wonderful, you very much. Wonderful. Yes. <laughs> Thank you. The best of the Chris Evans Breakfast Show with Sky. Virgin Radio. It's Gabby Roslin and Sam Pinkham here with you in for Chris this week. The best of the Breakfast Show podcast with Sky from Virgin Radio. We've already heard from three wonderful guests, but there's still so much more to come, including... The delightful director David Silverman discusses his hilarious brand new Sky original film, Extinct. The side-splittingly hilarious Asim Chowdhury, a.k.a. Chabadi G, gets us rolling in the aisles with news of his new movie, People Just Do Nothing, Big in Japan. Virgin Radio's favourite medic, the gorgeous Dr. Rand, takes us through the wild world of food phobias in this new TV series, Extreme Food Phobics. And presenter, influencer and pop princess, Frankie Bridge, opens up about mental health and mothering with her new book, Grow. All of that and more still to come, so let's get right back to it. If you've seen or listened to a decent comedy or drama on pretty much any channel, our next guest was probably in it. His debut novel, History, is out now. So if you fancy reading something that gives private school literally a kicker in the private, <laughs> listen, I didn't say it, listen up to the multi-talented mastermind that is the wonderful Miles Jop. Morning, Miles. Morning. Good morning. Good morning. Lovely, Miles. Congratulations. Now author to the long list of things that you do. A novelist now, sir. Yeah. Ter- terrifying thought. But there, there, <laughs> there we are. Why is that yeah. a terrifying thought? It was you that did it. You, you I know, done wrote it. That's why it's terrifying, because it's entirely my fault. I was talking to um, Izzy Sutty. I was saying, why is it terrifying publishing a novel rather than like a non-fiction book, which we've both done? And she says, because a non-fiction book... You, you know, you're bound by the truth, whereas a, non, a, a novel, you're saying, left entirely to my own devices, this is what I've come up with. So it's sort of much more exposing. But really. also, we'll, but, but also it's, all, it's your brain splurging over, your creative brain splurging over paper, whereas, as you say, non-fiction is just, you're just writing about something that happened. So we, yeah, everybody's exactly. going to judge your creative side. But, I mean, luckily, I think you did a pretty good job, Miles. I would t- a pretty good job I would take, I think. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Come that on, is... it must be, there must be... Um, childhood truths in there and things that have happened to you not no not really it's more about the sort of settings of it i suppose it, it's a territory that i'm kind of familiar with really it's very daunting writing a novel and i wanted i had an idea of what the guy's sort of state of mind would be and then i wanted him to be sort of trapped in a workplace and i was trying so he teaches at a school like that and that's because i thought that's a world that i could realistically build i couldn't have him in a in, a, in an architect's office or whatever because I've, I've got no idea what that's like you know i couldn't base a novel on the two weeks i spent working in a call center or whatever whereas this i thought i would have a i'd, I'd be able to sort of build that that world i suppose because you've but, because you've experienced it uh, th- what, three three kids or no well just my like it's set in the 90s which was when i was at school, school. but there's no i would say there's sort of when i was like, like my brother <laughs> read the whole thing all in one day yesterday bless him we were saying there's no one sort of recognizable from our 
uh, our days at school in it and that sort of thing. But it's just in terms of just like the settings or whatever or what it's like to live in a small market town. I think I think these things are sort of universal as well. Well, I hope they are. Well, Miles, I mean, in case people haven't got your book already, it's called History. Can you tell us the story of Clive? Well, Clive is a man who just keeps making mistakes, essentially, in a way that was sort of partly how you wrote each time you'd get him into a situation when writing it. I think, what would be the right response here? And what would be the wrong response? And then I would choose the wrong response and sort of head down that that route and see what it goes. So he's a man, he's got sort of, he's gone and got this job somewhere that he thinks will be lush and idyllic, and it just doesn't go that way, and he doesn't always do what's asked of him and doesn't play the game and consequently gets continually sort of burdened uh, with extra responsibilities. So he's not able to do what he's meant to do as a, at home domestically, and he's not really able to do what he's meant to do at work. And he's just pulled in lots of directions at once, and his response to that is to drink more whiskey and uh, be even more unhelpful uh, to the people whose <laughs> who's help he seeks. That sounds sort of bleak, but really, hopefully it's a selection of set pieces, isn't it? It is an attempt to amuse, really. Well, it is, and that's it. But it, it reads of you how you speak and how you are. So you can really tell that this is you, that you've sat down and this has come from your mind and your... It, it sounds like you. Oh, right. Well, that's, that's to do with my complete lack of range, probably. <laughs> um, and, Mars, any other, any other books in the pipeline? Uh, well, I meant, I know I have to write another one. I've signed a deal to write to write three, and I've delivered <laughs> two, two of them to, 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 to headline, who have been very nice, and I must say very patient, because this was due, <laughs> this was due at least two Christmases ago. <laughs> um, so they're very, very nice people. Um, uh, and so I will write, I would quite like to write a travel one, but that's not very easy at the moment. No, that's um, true. So they, they may have to be even more patient. Um, <laughs> or, or, but... Um, you know, one wanders around waiting for ideas and that sort of thing. Um, well, well, this this history is, is a fabulous book. I tell you, I actually work in a school uh, quite often because we've started a radio station at the school, so I work with teachers. And what I realised by reading your book and also working with teachers is that I could never be a teacher because I would be far more like Clive than than uh, would be right. I'm, far, I'm, yeah. I'm more Clive than the rest of the teachers at the school. But uh, it's a great book, Miles. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Oh, thanks for having me. And you, buddy. Take care of yourself. Thanks, Miles. Miles, job history is out now friends get it wherever you get your book the best of the chris evans breakfast show with sky virgin radio if you wanted to make a smash hit animation you could do a lot worse than ask the guy that made the simpsons movie so that's what sky did extinct is available from today on sky cinema and here to tell us all about it is the man that brought those funny little flummels to life <laughs> it's the dashing director david silverman morning david <laughs> Well, good morning. Good morning. You what a lovely morning to here to London from Los Angeles. Oh, welcome to London from Los Angeles. So, go on, go on. Tell us what the weather's like in... in oh, hang on, what is the middle of the night, isn't it, for you? Well, it's a little late, yes, yes. It's, it is quite a bit, but it's, it's still, uh, still pleasant outside. I'm not outside currently, but I assume that it is. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> David, Gabby and I have been going on and on about this film all week because we, lo- we loved it. But, uh, oh. but, but, but I think we should hand over to you to explain the plot of the film because you'll do a better job than we will, even though we've seen it. <laughs> well, without giving away everything about it, let's say it concerns some hitherto unknown animals that we have christened flummels. Or somewhere across between a donut and a cat, I guess. Uh, uh, and they uh, exist on a tiny little far-flung island in the Galapagos. And let's just say our two heroes, brother and sister, Op and Ed, find themselves, they actually are from the past in the 19th century, they find themselves in present day, 
and discovered their entire species is extinct. So they have to figure out how and why and how to prevent that from happening. And that's pretty much it. If only we could do that with so many things. But the whole message of this film is great. But from the beginning, I love the blue-footed booby flying over so you know that they're there in the Galapagos Islands. And But (laughs) I have to say, one of the magical bits is when they jump through... We're not giving anything away, are we, lovely David? But they jump through a flower. I have been attempting to do this all week to time travel. It hasn't worked for me, David. It's a it's a new thing. It's a, one thing actually. That was something that I sort of came up with. The writers are terrific. All three great Simpson writers: uh, Joel H. Cohen and Robin Zabnick and uh, John Frank. And uh, they originally had like time portals, and I said, "Well, is there some other thing we can do?" And I thought about, "Well, what about flowers?" Because it's sort of connected into the plot of the film and. I'd never heard of that before. No. I guess they've been around for a while, but, you know. Oh, well, I've been trying. I'm, I'm going to keep trying, David. I'm, I'm going to keep trying. And then, obviously, when they come face-to-face with the donuts, there is no... <laughs> I mean, that bit, it's just hysterically funny. It makes you laugh well, and then feel sorry for them as well. But it's it so does. cute. I'm so glad to hear that. You know, it was always in the original script. I always thought, OK, this could be very funny. So we're very happy about that one. We have a brilliant vocal cast, as you know, Adam Devine and Rachel Bloom and Ken Jeong and Sassy Beats and Jim Jeffries and Catherine O'Hara and Reggie Watts. I mean, come on. I know, what a cast. Rachel. What about Benedict Wong? Come on. All of them. But if I'm allowed, uh, Rachel and Adam together, just fantastic. Oh, my. I'm such a huge fan of both of theirs. David, my favourite, my kids' kids favourite bit of the film was when... So these these flummels, as David describes them, are half cat and half donut, obviously. And they come (laughs) down. There's loads of them coming down a zip wire together. And obviously the zip wire goes... And my kids rewound that and watched it again. Rewound it and watched it again. They loved it. Oh, I'm so glad to hear that. You see, I don't hear much about it because, you know, we're kind of isolated these yeah, days. Yeah, yeah, so. of course, yeah. <laughs> oh, it's a fabulous film. I'm it's very glad to hear that. Fabulous that's film, that's terrific. Film. Yes, it was a lot of fun to make and had a great, great uh, uh, compatriot, uh, Raymond Percy, as my co-director, formerly The Simpsons, and then he worked uh, at DreamWorks and then worked at Illumination. Just perfect, perfect guy to, to, to work and get this thing done. Your, your CV is really impressive, though, isn't it, sir? Monsters, Inc., Ice Age, The Road to El Dorado, and let's go to The Simpsons. I mean, you are the man <laughs> behind the original. You're, the Simpsons, it's one of the biggest things in the world ever, ever, in the world ever. That, is it? Just oh, a bit. Yes. Just a bit, yeah. Mr. Silverman. I mean, this is really quite something. Do you still get all the excitement around The Simpsons? I mean, you did The Simpsons movie. and it. Oh, yes, absolutely. Yeah, I, I enjoy it every day. It's so funny, though. Every time I'm working on it, I just sort of flash back to being in 1987, doing these, you know, little drawings on the Tracy Ullman show with with my, my friend uh, Wes Archer working with Matt Groening. And it's like, uh, I, I really can't believe what's happened. So it's all very exciting. I'm glad things worked out. David, forgive me for asking this question, because to you this will be yeah. a very obvious question, but to, I think to our listeners and to me, well, so uh, as a director, obviously, of a film that has actors and actresses in it, then you, well, you know what you're doing. You're directing them, you're directing the cameras, and you're directing sure. this. The, so so what do you do? I'm not, I'm not belittling what yeah. you do, but how do you direct an, <laughs> no, no. an animation film? Well, here's the thing. So, so think about at least the pre pre-development before you start shooting cameras when you're working in live action you are developing okay not only the concept of the film but also the sets you know set design 
costume design, character design, if you will. Uh, so our character design is the same thing, sort of physical casting. And you know, you're and you're certainly directing the voice acting. But as far as that, as far as the, you know, you have to sort of direct, if you will, the people who are setting up the, you know, the virtual camera, and you have to direct your animators in the performance of the characters. So the acting is consistent. So the acting um, does what the scene's supposed to do. It's it, it, it tells the first of all the performance. It hits the joke, uh, the blocking, and so forth. So uh, you're not blocking the actors, but you're blocking the animation animated characters. Wow. And uh, so it's it, it's it's similar in that way, but also it can get very specific because you have to move it for. It has to be done frame by frame, essentially. Well, it was interesting that you said that you, 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 it was your idea that, that they should jump into a flower to, to, to travel through time. So mm. I would have thought that would have been written into it already, but it's interesting that that's when you came in. And so, yeah, you're, you're involved with the creative side of it from that aspect as well. That's true. Well, you see, uh, uh, in features, that happens quite a bit in terms of the, the development between uh, the screenwriters and the story artists and, you know, and with the directors coming up with the material. The film is absolutely fantastic. It's called Extinct and is available now on Sky and the director, David Silverman, has just joined oh, us on the show. what a hero. David, thank you so much. <laughs> My pleasure. Have a wonderful breakfast. Have a great thank weekend. Cheers, we'll David. Bye, mate. Bye. The best of the Chris Evans Breakfast Show with Sky. Virgin Radio. Our next guest knows better than most that being a pop star and being a mum aren't easy. Thankfully, she has some wise words for us all. Her new book, Grow, Motherhood, Mental Health and Me, is out tomorrow. And here to tell us all about it is the only kind of bridge over troubled water you will ever need. It's Frankie Bridge. I love that intro. Oh, lovely. Frankie, how are you this morning? I'm good, thank you. How are you? Very well. Even better for speaking to you. Congratulations on a, a new book. I mean, you Sunday Times bestseller, you. <laughs> I know. Who'd have thought it? <laughs> well, clearly I not you. I think it's fantastic. <laughs> you, can't, you can't laugh at your own pat on the back. That's amazing, <laughs> Frankie. I tell I you know, what. I know, I know. Frankie, listen, this is a mum writing about mums, mainly, isn't the book, I read your book yesterday, but also I think dad should, I think all dads should read it because I really want to thank you as as a dad and as as a dad to parents who are, uh, to kids who are slightly older now, we've been through what I think is the toughest bit, although we haven't done the teenage years yet, Um, but thank you for being so honest in your book because people, Gabs and I were talking earlier on about expectations versus reality in anything in life, whether you're going for a meal or going for a film or uh, you're going on a holiday somewhere if your expectations are really high you're always going to be let down and my wife and I Catherine and I had such such high expectations and excitement for becoming parents and then we became parents and (laughs) obviously I'm not obviously I'm not saying there's anything wrong with our gorgeous little bundles of fun but uh, it's tough we had no idea how tough it was no and I think that's because everyone keeps it a secret and that's the whole point of the book is it's just saying it is lovely and it is amazing and it is all of those things that you're told but also it is hard and you're not going to love every minute of it and everything you have to do and it's okay to say that out loud <laughs> but people don't say it out loud and because we 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 didn't we in the early days we did i remember the, the second day of evie's life when she was one day old we took her to the pub because our mates were going to the pub on a sunday and we took her to the pub because we thought we could do this how hard can parenting be and it was a nightmare and the straight you know why do we why do we do that why do we tie to the house every day in case people came around because people don't care but you care because it's your own house 
the pride get and you don't tell people how hard it is do you no and that's the thing and i just found when i started um kind of being a bit more honest with what i enjoyed and what i didn't enjoy and how hard i found pregnancy and things it was almost like i gave people the the chance to say oh yeah or i didn't enjoy this or i found this really difficult and i think we've come such a long way with mental health as a whole but i just kind of realized during lockdown i was like it seems like parental mental health just is still such a taboo subject and that's something that really needs to change it's very interesting you're talking about uh, not enjoying pregnancy i found pregnancy really difficult i was mm-hmm. uncomfortable and i didn't feel well the whole time and i just i you know i found it very difficult but if i ever said that to somebody people would say you can't say that it's a glorious thing so yeah it is Mm. it is but I'm not a barefoot feel the earth through my toes pregnant woman this is uncomfortable Uh, but people didn't like talking about it and my youngest is 14 now and I think that people like you have made such a difference because people are now talking about it hallelujah thanks to people (laughs) like you Thanks. Yeah, it's funny. I did um, a chat on TV the other day and the amount of messages I had from women that had newborns or were expecting and just saying, my goodness, thank you so much. Like you've literally said everything I'm feeling um, and I haven't been able to say it. And, you know, even within my friendship groups, I just found that I had a friend that come around once with her newborn and she was smiling and she was telling me all the right things, but I could just tell that she wasn't okay. And I kind of called her out on it, not in like a but in a nice way. And she just then kind of broke down. I was like, I'm really struggling. She had like... Um, she, was on, she was honest with you then when you called yeah, her out. She, yeah, exactly. She'd found, the, she'd found the birth really hard and it just wasn't what she thought it was going to be. And then after that, she felt so much better. And it's like, we shouldn't need to have to do that to our friends. We should all be able to speak openly. Well, forgive me for not remembering. What's the name of the class you go to before you, when you're pregnant? Is it antenatal? antenatal? No. Oh, NCT. So, NC, yeah. NCT. I went to the NCT yeah. classes with Catherine. I think I was the dad that went. I was, I was just fascinated by the whole process. I wanted to understand how it, I wanted to understand everything about pregnancy. So I went to all the, but the, the thing is then, and this is a long time ago, but they were super, super positive at these NCT classes. Where, oh, you're going to love it. And then giving birth is the most amazing natural thing you can do. And, and of course it is. I'm not saying it's not, but they don't say it's real. They don't tell you the stuff. They don't tell you that when your yeah. baby first comes out, if you if you give birth naturally, when your baby first comes out, it's grey. They don't tell you that because it hasn't taken any oxygen in, so it's grey. And you and it's oh. terrifying. And then it goes, <gasps> and then it goes pink. And you go, oh my! Nobody tells you that. Yeah. Why don't they, oh. they tell you the tough bits? Well, that's why Frankie's book is so good. But also the other thing is that nobody tells you that you're not a freak if you can't breastfeed. I didn't have any milk, yeah. and every Everybody said, oh, this is awful. No, do you know what? My girls are okay. So for any other woman out there, you read Frankie's book, you're going to feel better. Actually, this is for dads as well, and that's the important thing. This is for anybody. It's really important to read your book. Well, it's important for dads to read it, to understand what their their other half is going through. If you want to be a parent, you need to read this book. If you've just become a parent, this book will become your Bible. If you've been a parent for years, like me and Gabs, you'll just enjoy it so much and realise that you were never (laughs) alone with your thoughts. The book is called Grow. It's by Frankie Bridge, and it is Absolutely, it genuinely it's another, is a It's going to be another Sunday Times bestseller. Of course it will. Oh, gosh. Congratulations on your book, lovely. Thank you so much, guys. You've been so lovely. Have a, great, have a great have day. Have a good day. Love to wait. Bye, See Frankie. Bye, darling. Bye. The best of the Chris Evans Breakfast Show with Sky. Virgin Radio. People Just Do Nothing, Big in Japan, is out in cinemas today. So, ladies and gentlemen, he's your buddy. He's our buddy. He's your buddy G. Please welcome the brilliant Asim Chowdhury. Hello. 
As can, I, can I just say something yeah. to you? It was, just made me laugh. Is that Hell's Bells, who just brought you in here? She works on the show. She's one of us. She's leaving today. It's her final day. Oh, I know, I know. She's, yeah. It's a shame. She's absolutely she's mega. Um, but you're the first guest that's ever been in who she said. <laughs> We're live on the radio, please don't swear. She never says it to anybody I else. I know, I just like, what do you think I'm going to do? Oh, she's scared of you, dude. I know, they know, they Are don't know me. Are you famous for your bad language? They, no. <laughs> I mean, I don't, know, I don't know where we get the rep from. I mean, honestly, I think it's more the boys, it's not me. It's like, they've met, it's like when your mates are in your Uber and they mess up your rating. Yeah. Have you had that? I can't even get an Uber anymore. What do you one, mean, how low is your One of rating? my mates threw up in an Uber once <laughs> and now my rating is like 2.2. Oh. And I'm like, I can't even get, they always cancel on me and it's like, it's not even my fault. So I think, I think it's my, you know what I mean? It's Company that you keep. Two point two is low, mate. Two, I know, yeah. man. I Anything thinking... below a four, you'll never get. Any. Gabs, I bet yours is five point five. Is it? You're a five star. She's right? a... Of course she. <laughs> of course she is. She's got that vibe. Immaculate. You know, she drives a Prius, right? Yeah. yeah. A white People Prius. think that I'm an Uber driver. <laughs> no, they've got into my car. They've Can you pick me? Car. Can you pick me up? <laughs> they've I literally... can't even get one. No, they've literally got into the back of the car, and I've said, "Could you please get out? I'm not an Uber," and it keeps happening. <laughs> and then they get in, and they go, they go, oh, "You my... Oh no, you're Gabby Roslin. <laughs> It's brilliant, it's brilliant. You would actually be a great Uber driver because you could like read, you know what I mean? She could do radio yeah, could, while yeah. you're driving. Yeah, like kind of two in one service. Yeah. I'm, I'm that feels like a Chibuddy business adventure. She's a terrible driver, say, though, lethal, yeah. Excuse me, can I, that means maybe I could be in an episode of people yeah. just do nothing. Bit of a Chibuddy G kind of enterprise yeah, there. I do be, Uber yes. and I do a bit of radio. You know what I mean? <laughs> oh, a bit Shibuddy. of yin yang. Yes. You know. I, oh, do you know what? I love the show so much. When you walked in, I, we both oh, Sam and I did that pointing thing and you got scared. I know, I was a bit scared because she pointed at me and she went, you are br-. I thought she was going to go, you, and then something else. But she went, you are brilliant. I was like, a little bit aggressively are- nice you are. Like, oh, this is, The problem is we're, we're both very, very, very positive people. And we, and we feel pe- we, we, we say everything's brilliant, everything's brilliant. And obviously not everything is brilliant. But we watched your film at the same time in different We were WhatsApping each other. Oh. Mate, and laughing so much. I was oh. crying with laughter. I was oh. crying. It's even Ali G in the house, the film. Came, when that came out, I'm crying with I love this. That. Is this is even better? No, no, yeah, no, 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 it is. It Blasphemy. Yeah. Did, there's, there's, <laughs> there are two scenes. There's a, a scene where I'm not going to give anything away, but if I think about it now, where the crew go into the studio. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, that, just the thought of it. So watch out for it when you watch this. That's film, my favourite scene. Isn't you can let it be. And that goes to show you that I'm not a narcissist because I'm not even in you're that. You're not scene. in no, that scene. So there no, we go. No, no, so no, there no. we go. My therapist, if but you're listening. Also, but also, you in the clothes, sh- you clothes shopping. Yeah, that's good. Oh, clothes shopping. Yeah, yeah. His that van. His fun. introduction to his van at the beginning. Oh. Living in your van. I'm down and out. Well, we, yeah, as your buddy calls it, his wan. His wan. Describe your one for us as your buddy would. It's disgusting. It's not even, he calls it the Merc, but it's a Renault. Yeah. <laughs> but he's like jumping the Merc. It's like, because you know, you hear people just, saying that. Like, yeah, yeah. Getting the Merc. And they drive like, it's a Mercedes, but it's a van. It's not a Merc. <laughs> it's not even a Mercedes van. It's, it's not even a van. It's just a Renault. He's just stuck in Mercedes. Is this true that you're playing your dad? No, I mean, y- yes. No, but, but yes. Basically, like, you know, when you do a, a comedy character, like, it's never just based on one per- one person. It's like based on loads of people. So, like, all the good bits of your buddy, like the charm, the charisma, the eternal optimism. That's totally my dad. Like, my dad could walk in here right now and you all would be completely smitten by him. Like really? He, honestly, he's such a charmer. We call it the child. My girlfriend calls it the childry charm. Brilliant. All the men have it. It's Brilliant. a good thing and a bad thing. And then, like, <laughs> the bit more weird stuff is, like, more my mates, my uncles, bit, bit of me, really. It's like the weird side of my brain. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I yeah. love the, that. The bit that I can, I can blame and say, that's not me, that's your buddy. 
you know I'm, what I mean? So. I'm sad he didn't come in with the hair. Listen, I think what we should do, I think we should go back to the very beginning of this because for me, I, if I, I'm, I'm, I'm ashamed to say, I had never seen people just do nothing. Oh. I've never seen it. So can we go back to the beginning for people who are listening who don't know what we're talking about? Tell us about that. Tell us about the TV series and how it became a film. And they've got yeah. to watch it. Yeah, sure. And we, I mean, we, we were just a bunch of mates. Um, we went to college together. Some of us went to school together. West London, Brentford, Hounslow kind of area. Um, and we ended up just filming some stuff, putting it on YouTube. And then Asha Tala's producer, John Petrie found us off YouTube and then you know here we are 10 years later so what about um, that what was it, what were you putting on YouTube we was were it? putting on people just nothing there were sketches yeah. of the characters and just us messing around I used to film all of it on my camera and edit it and we put it on YouTube and people thought it was real people got really angry because they were like oh these job seeking kind of like idiots you know like rinsing our tax money we were like it's a we were jo- we were joking that it was so realistic because it was a mockumentary format yeah and we loved the office you know and that's why when Asha Tala came on board we were like perfect because he produced the office right yeah and we have that dry very very realistic kind of comedy that you know you watch it and you think it's real and we actually stayed in character even once the show came on um we stayed in character for around three four years we did no out of character interviews kind of sasha baron cohen-esque mm. so people really believed these characters were real now obviously this 10 years later now we kind of like have to do out of character interviews well but, now because you're a movie star well no i wouldn't say that it's a movie well, yes no yes, it's a, no. Yeah, it's a it's, movie it's, yeah. it's a it's movie, a movie but it's not hollywood come on let's be honest it, it's um, better than hollywood it's <laughs> japan no but you know what honestly it's just it's just a bunch of mates who we made something from nothing you know what I mean? And it's a really, really lovely journey to now think that our posters are on film buses and we got a film out. It's very surreal. It's crazy to think about it. So, yeah, it's it's one of those films where you don't have to watch the TV show. Right. It's a standalone film about yeah. friendship, about selling your soul, about fame. You know, like one of my favourite quotes is from like Ricky Gervais and Extras where he says, fame is like a disease that eats at the face. And that's kind of what the film is about as well. It's like, yeah. you know, they go through... And, then you know, it's, it's about friendship and it's about what's really important in life. The film is brilliant. People just do nothing big in Japan. It's out today. Please watch it. You will love it. The best of the Chris Evans Breakfast Show with Sky. Virgin Radio. If you're cautious around cauliflower or terrified of tomatoes, listen up as our next guest may have some answers. His new show, Extreme Food Phobic, starts next Wednesday on W Channel. And here to tell us more is a doctor that's good enough to eat. It's the impeccable. Dr. Range. Yes! <laughs> yes! And Did I not, put that on my CV? And not only to eat, but I could smell you forever. It you smells incredible. Oh, really and I'm glad you clarified that it's a nice thing. Yeah, you smell delicious. You smell what? absolutely delicious. Your new show, congratulations! It Thank really you. is. It's so amazing. I watched it with my 14 year old, and it's all about food phobias. Yes. So we, we watched it really carefully, and there is a moment that you think it's. A joke, and I don't mean that in a no, rude way, no. because people no. don't take food phobia seriously. Exactly. But this is a really serious thing. Yeah, so we, in this show, we meet these incredible people, wonderful, wonderful people, who share their stories with us, and they've had significant food issues pretty much their entire lives. Since they were four, the first yeah. two, since they were four. I want to know what happened when they were four mm. years old. Well, sometimes it's related to a, a sentinel event. For example, if they had like a choking episode when they were eating something and that put them off for life. Uh, some of them never got through their fussy eating phase when they were children, which we all go through. Some of them, we never know what it was. Um, but they live with this eating problem issue for their entire lives and they mould their entire lives around it and now they want to change and we managed to 
actually get them back onto the right parts. Oh, the results amazing. are incredible. I cried. It's I, I cried <laughs> when we were filming it, and I cried watching it back. And and I want to make it clear that actually, when it comes to food-related issues and eating-related problems and disorders, there's a massive spectrum. Let's yeah. be honest. You know, some people will be on the milder end, some people will be on the more severe end, and not everyone's story and experience is the same. But the fact that we managed to even offer a little bit of help or maybe some hope to someone that might be watching to me is a huge thing. What, what percentage of the population do you think do have a, an eating an eating phobia of of of, of Oh, gosh. Uh, I have absolutely no idea because I don't think anyone really knows. Um, if you, It depends on the studies you look at, but it can quote any, anywhere between 10 to 20%, depending on what issue you are looking at. Because we were talking about it before you, before you came in, and Amelia, what, what's, what's your... I mean, you, it does sound like a phobia. Yeah, I used to. I'm better now, but I used to... couldn't be in the room with milk. I would yeah. literally start retching just at the sight of it. Um, it's really interesting. That's a, that's a phobia, isn't but, it? But, but this is it. But a lot of people will, will just adapt their lives around that, OK, and, and, and make it work. And that's fine, because actually you could potentially live without certain foods. Yeah, there's some, I, I met somebody who said, I hate cheese. I was like, well, you can live your life without cheese if you want to. Mm. But if you want to change, if it's impacting you in terms of your health or psychologically or in terms of your social life and you want to change, then actually we might be able to do something about it. Yeah, because the, the guy that was on it, um, he, it was so lovely when his partner was yeah. couldn't believe that he was eating again yeah. a meal because he just stuck to, ex- I don't want to give too much away, but he yeah. just stuck to the same thing. Yeah. And you could see, and he, he said that he used uh, comedy yes. to get him through it. And you could see he exactly. smiled all his way through and he joked about it, but it was really... It was eating him up. It really and was. And I remember the night before we filmed, he told us he had a panic attack. And what yeah. I, I don't think he appreciated was that he had underlying anxiety under all of this that was being fuelled by his food phobia. Um, and, and a lot of people that have food phobias will stick to certain safety foods. They tend to be very beige. They tend to be quite refined. Um, we've got people that, you know, survive on chicken nuggets, people that survive on Yorkshire puddings. The smell when we opened the cupboard and we saw 200-odd Yorkshire puddings was incredible, by the way. <laughs> and it was. Um, but, yeah, it, it's it's amazing that, a lot of people won't have sat down and really thought about what might be behind their issue and actually thought to themselves, I can do something about this. There might be some help out there for me. And I'm so proud that we managed to give them some help. It's so important to talk about all of this and I, because it can start very, very young, Yes, of course. Yeah. Now, what do, uh, so there are loads of uh, parents and grandparents mm. and carers listening in. If they have a child yeah. who is starting to have those problems and those issues, you know, everybody said, I remember when I had my girls, everyone said, oh, I just give them everything. <laughs> so I did. Yeah. But there are certain things that they don't like. Yes. So don't not liking something is different yes. from having a problem with it. Exactly. It? And what we must remember is that around the age of two, everyone goes through a fussy eating phase. That is perfectly normal. If you think about evolutionarily, you know, um, new things that are offered to you are probably dangerous. That's what your body's trying to tell you. And that's why we are reticent and hesitant at that age. But most children and young people will get through that. It's patience, persistence, trying different ways of presenting it getting them involved in food preparation. Don't worry, because it is a normal phase. However, if it's something that is carrying on, if it's something that's starting to affect their health and well-being, if it's something that's really worrying you, talk to a healthcare professional about it. Dr. Angie's uh, series is called Extreme Food Phobics. It begins a week on Wednesday, the 25th of August, available on W, uh, on via, via Sky Remote. And it's, it's a fabulous show. It'll make you laugh, it'll make you cry. Thanks so much for coming thank on the show. Thank you. Oh, thank you so thank much. You. And for, as I said again, all the work that you do, all the TV work that you do, all the charity work that oh, you do, you're a good you. guy. You're one Thank of life's really much. good guys.
The best of the Chris Evans Breakfast Show with Sky. Virgin Radio. Thank you so much for listening to the best of the Chris Evans Breakfast Show podcast with Sky. You can listen every week from wherever you get your podcasts. That way you'll never miss the weekly roundup of all the best bits from the show.